down Wisconsin, and this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Wisco Sports Show. I am your host, Grant Bills. 580 AM, 96.7 FM, or streaming live at WKTYsports.com. However you're listening, hope you're having a fantastic day. And thank you for making my show, the Wisco Sports Show, a part of your Thursday. Brewers get a big win last night. We're looking forward to the Packer game this weekend, of course. The Badger game as well. That's that's kind of the nature of a sports fan this time of year, right? We kind of live day by day with the Brewers, and it's a little different this year, which has been nice. If you're a Cubs fan, you're a little more used to it, or a Twins fan, you have been in the past. Brewers fans, you know, exciting playoff baseball in September and October. Heck, even August some years has been pretty hard to come by, so we've had that to, to live for. But, you know, the nature of being a sports fan this time of year is taking in the football on the weekends, you know, breaking it down Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, Thursday, you start to turn the corner and look ahead to next weekend. So obviously the Packers are been, uh, back in action against Washington on Sunday. We're going to talk about that as they travel to Maryland at FedEx Field. I want to talk Brewers today. Uh, I want to, uh, as well as the Brewers, the Cardinals, and the Cubs, I believe all three teams have the day off. Uh, I know for sure the Brewers do, and I believe the other two do as well. And I want to take, because all three teams are idle today, and, and in what we talk about will be useful for the next 24 hours, and it's not going to change immediately when I hop off the air. I want to look around the NL Central as we're down to, uh, we're approaching single-digit numbers of, uh, of games remaining. Let's look around the division and see what the standings look like, see how many games to go against which opponents, you know, that kind of stuff. Let's, let's, take a, let's get our bearings here before we batten down and, and, and sit down for the final stretch of the season. We're going to do that coming up. Uh, a really cool story as well for one particular player who has now joined the Brewers broadcasting team as well. And if you're a Brewers fan and you've been locked in, maybe you listen on the radio so you're not as familiar, but if you have been watching Fox Sports Wisconsin the last week or so, a really cool story, and that's what I want to wrap up the show with today. I'm going to leave it there. I don't want to spoil it. Um, I'm going to make I'm going to make you wait, so we're going to talk about that. But let's talk about last night's Brewer game to start the show. 608-796-2558. That is the five-star telecom talk and text line. You can give me a call, and we can have a conversation. That's my favorite way to do it. We can have a back and forth. You can ask me questions. I can ask you questions. And I think that's kind of an art and something that's being lost in this day and age. But if you're short on time and you're short on words, you can shoot me a text as well. 608-796-2558. You can also get a hold of the program via the Twitter the Twitter world, uh, you can tweet at me, at Keystroker Grant, and you can tweet at WKTY, at the four letters WKTY. If you want to get in touch with the program, there you go. Otherwise, we're going to get right into it. The Brewers get the win against the Cincinnati Reds last night to take the series 7-0 to at Miller Park. That moves them to 87-66 and on the year. Last night's game was a big swing. Either you're feeling good, they win another series, or they lose to a lesser team at home against the Reds. So uh, one game swing, especially this time of year, is big, and the Brewers were able to do it. I'm starting to worry that this Brewers offense is falling into a pattern of boom or bust, which is something that we've seen in past years, right? The Brewers team relies on the home run. They're not that great at playing small ball, but one of your best contact hitters out of the lineup last night, that was uh, Lorenzo Cain. But thanks to David Stearns and I think some smart, uh, responsible moves later in the season, they they have Curtis Granderson to fill in on a day like last night where you don't want to risk hurting Lorenzo Cain further. You have a veteran 
who's obviously been around the block to plug into that leadoff spot, and that's proven invaluable down the stretch. They get the 7-0 to win against the Cincinnati Reds, and the feel-good moment of the night, I'm sure a lot of you Brewers fans agree, was finally, finally Manny Pena breaking through at the plate, and it couldn't have come in, uh, in more dramatic and more built-up fashion as he has, I believe, a 13-pitch at bat and finally cranks one out to left center field. It's number 13, and that one's deep. Manny Pena has been a guy, it's been tough. He's, he's dealt with injuries this year, and he's also had to time split time with Eric Kratz, which is a little surprising. I think all Brewers fans, not just myself, and I know I've made mention of this before, if you would have told me back in July or August, earlier August specifically, that Eric Kratz was going to get meaningful playing time over Manny Pena down the stretch in a division race, in a wild card race, a pennant race of any kind, I would have been surprised. I don't know if I would have believed you, but that has been the case, and it's been tough as Pena has been coming off injuries, Splitting time with Eric Kratz and trying to get back into his routine at the plate. And last night, it might just be a flash in the pan. I'm not here to say that it's part of some magnificent renaissance at the plate for Manny Pena. That's not what I'm saying. It was a feel-good moment. He battled beautifully for Matt Harvey with Matt Harvey for 13 pitches and finally cranked one out. And that was the uh, pretty much the, the straw that broke the camel's back last night. Although the Brewers did end up shutting the Reds out, but that was... The uh, the play that put them up seven to zero as opposed to four to zero, which obviously you feel a lot different on. The Brewers were also actually able to get a couple of their bullpen arms some action, including Junior Guerra, Freddie Peralta, and others. Corey Knebel just got in there and got some work. But Gio Gonzalez gets the win, six innings pitched, zero earned runs, five strikeouts, only two walks to boot as well. Gio Gonzalez, it's a limited sample size, Brewer fans. I know that, and I, and I don't want to overreact. I'm sure you're thinking the exact same thing. But is he making a conversation for moving himself up into the rotation a little bit? I, I think until you see a bad outing, knock on wood, right? Until you see a bad outing or trending in the wrong direction, you have to just give Gio Gonzalez the ball as often as possible. I don't know who you scoot down in the rotation, but the way that he's been pitching, it's been very, very, very good. And Chase Anderson, not so much. I think he's up there right now with Yoli Chassin and Wade Miley. Wade Miley, also a smaller sample size, not as small as Gio Gonzalez, but... Also making a conversation to, uh, if you got to start a guy in a one-game wild card, who are you putting out there on the mound? It's an interesting conversation and uh, and one that I don't really want to get into yet. There's uh, there's nearly two weeks of baseball left, and I think those weeks are going to be very telling for this Brewers pitching staff and how they might approach uh, the postseason, whether that's a wild card or a series or both. Who knows? Only time will tell, and we can get into that and have that discussion uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, let's start that up next week. And also, for those of you who want to talk MVP, I know Christian Yelich uh, is just hitting the crap out of the baseball. Obviously a great fielder as well. He went two for four last night with a double and a single, I believe. Uh, those were his numbers. I don't want to talk MVP yet. It's a fun theoretical to have, but it is so close with Javi Baez. And look, I'm talking to Brewers fans and Cubs fans right now. Brewers fans... Don't let Cubs fans tell you that Javi Baez is currently running away with the MVP and it's not close. And Cubs fans, likewise, if you have a Bruce fan in your face that's saying Yelich is the MVP and it's undisputed, don't listen because it's short-sighted and it's just ignoring a lot of facts. These two players, it's going to be really fun to compare them down the stretch because I think they have a lot of similarities. They have a lot of differences. And I, I think these last two weeks, much like with the Brewers pitching staff, it's going to be very telling for both Baez and Yelich on who maybe snatches the MVP at the final second. I think it's just about as close as you can get right now. And that's not what some Brewers fans, mostly Cubs fans, I'm not going to lie, but I've heard it from Brewers fans as well, that their horse is running away with this race. That's false. It's not true. 
and there are no numbers or and no facts or statistics to back that up that there is a runaway candidate right now. So just ignore it. We can start talking about it next week and the week after because I think as we approach the single digit mark for games remaining for both of these teams, it's going to be very telling. Javi Baez has been trending in the wrong direction, although not drastically. He hasn't dropped off the face of the world. But he is not the runaway MVP candidate that I think we all thought he was just a month or even just a couple of weeks ago. Christian Yelich now trying to vie for a batting title. And I, I know a batting title isn't everything and isn't, you know, it's, it's average is only one statistic, but that's just another feather in Yelich's cap. Because I think a lot of factors are going to be taken into play between uh, this debate between Javi Baez and Christian Yelich. Like I said, we can start digging into that debate next week, and I, I cannot wait. I hope to get some involvement from both Brewers fans and Cubs fans or just any baseball fans who listen to the program. But I'm not willing to debate that yet. We can start pulling stats out and pulling out certain plays and instances, and we can really dig into it next week. But I think because it's so close right now, it's just not worth our time. So there's my my MVP pitch uh, and what we have so far today. But the biggest story of the day is the Brewers win the series by taking the rubber game last night by a score of 7-0. to Gio Gonzalez, another quality start. Yelich continues to hit the ball well. And Jesus Aguilar, I know I haven't mentioned him as well, but finally stacking up some some RBIs last night. I believe he had four. Let me check that real quick. I have the stats in front of me. Uh, four RBIs for Yelich, or not Yelich, Aguilar last night, including uh, that home run and an infield hit that garnered a, uh, a, a run in the first inning, which put the Brewers up 1-0. to They beat Matt Harvey, the almost Brewer, last night to take the series. So you can kind of exhale, enjoy the day off today, Brewers fans, and then really get strapped in. Get ready for a final two weeks of baseball, because, and we'll break down the schedule of both the Cubs, the Brewers, and the Cardinals. It could be a fun race down the stretch, and I don't think the Brewers have locked down a wildcard spot Nearly. Yeah, I am not taking a deep breath. And Brewers fans, you have seen it over the last, I don't know, 15 years, my entire lifetime. Just when you think the Brewers have locked down a playoff spot, we've seen it slip away. So I don't want to jinx it. I, I don't want to talk in uh, uncertainties yet, but we can break down that. I want to look at the schedule and look around the NL Central because everybody is sitting idle tonight with the exception of the Reds. So the three contenders sitting idle, we can have this conversation and everything that will be said will be valid for the next 24 hours. It's not going to change immediately after the show today. If you want to get in on the action in terms of talking wild card, the division, Cubs, Brewers, Cardinals, you can do so at 608-796-2558. That is the five-star telecom talk and text line. A phone call or a text, both will work. I'd like to hear from you coming up next. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. The Wisco Sports Show continues here on WKTY. I am your host, Grant Bills. Week's coming to a close. I'm getting excited. I love Thursdays. Uh, just to remind you, <laughs> I almost surprised myself there. Just to remind you, no Wisco Sports Show tomorrow. We have been hosting that Badger Roundtable show every Friday night at this time on WKTY. So you're not going to hear my show tomorrow. We'll get you ready for the uh, for for the Badger game as they begin Big Ten play on Saturday night. But you can hear tomorrow night here on WKTY, after that show concludes, some local sports action. So just to get you updated on what's going down tomorrow night, Brewers and Pirates, that game will be carried, yes, but it's going to be on our sister station, WIZM. The pregame gets underway at 5.35. Uh, so you can hear that on our sister station. And then Holman and Aquinas, pregame coverage tomorrow night with Drew Kelly and myself. We will be at uh, at the... The, the campus of UWL to call that game tomorrow night at 
Okay, so you can hear that on WKTY after that Badger Roundtable show. Lewiston Altura at Caledonia is going to be over on Classic Hits, one of our other sister stations, uh, KCLH 94.7 tomorrow night as well. So a lot of local action for you to take in. And not only can you listen to those games, but you can watch the stream on Facebook. Uh, You can use the mobile app if you haven't downloaded the WKTY mobile app yet. What are you doing? Makes it so much easier to listen when you're on the go and when you're uh, when you're not glued to an old-fashioned radio with the tune-in knobs and the antenna. You know what I'm saying? So download the WKTY app, App Store, Google Play Store, whatever kind of phone you have. It's easy. Download it. You can listen to the stream and uh, and a whole lot of other great capabilities on that app as well. There. That being said, now that I got that spiel out of the way, you should be ready to go for tomorrow night. Any local action you want to take in or if you want to stick with the Brewers as well, there's your update. Um, what I want to talk about right now is I want to look around the NL Central because there's three very good teams. I think they're three very different teams, but all good in some way, shape, or form, and all vying for playoff spots, of which there are only so many, obviously. You could have three playoff teams, and as the picture currently sits, three playoff teams, including both wild cards and division champ, all coming out of the NL Central. It's a very good division. The Cardinals are no pushover, and as bad as the Reds are, they got some good players, and they put up a fight seemingly every time they play, especially in the division. So if you want to get in on the conversation as we kind of look around the scope of the NL Central as all three contending teams sit idle tonight, you can do so at 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talk and text line. Give your opinion on the Brewers, Cubs, Cardinals. Doesn't matter. We're talking about it. Uh, I, I learned my lesson last week in terms of the Brewers competing for the division title. Uh, I'm not trying to talk about myself. I'm only 20 years old. Uh, I go to school at UWL. So I, I'm not saying I'm new to this industry. I have not been doing this for very long. Okay? And I'm not trying to talk about myself, but it's it's pertinent to what I'm about to say. I've been listening to Bill Michaels for a while now, obviously following his, his work on Twitter and everything else. And I try to learn. Right? I try to take away things that that other radio people do well, whether it's on social media or on the air. And one thing that I have learned, and, and Bill Michaels um, taught me this last week and the week before, is it's just it's never good to deal in absolutes, right? Especially now with social media. When the Brewers lost that third game to the Chicago Cubs in the series and didn't complete the sweep at Miller Park, Bill Michaels said, done. Brewers now competing for the wild card, right? And... While that was, for the most part, pretty true, it would take a pretty improbable comeback and collapse from the Cubs and winning a lot of games from the Brewers, it's never over till it's over. And and fans on social media and trolls on social media will be the first people to come breaking down your door and come crashing into your mentions on social media to say, hey, remember when you said the Brewers were done? Wow, you doubted this team. You're not even a fan. And so as this uh, as the Brewers have been coming down the stretch, I've remained pretty open with the statements that I've made, right? Brewers, it's going to be tough in the division. It's going to take some improbable wins and some improbable losses from the Cubs. I'm never going to say never. But it looks like right now the Brewers comfortably sitting in that first position in the wild card. It looks like that's their destiny. They could compete for the division. It would be unprobable. Nothing that we haven't seen before, but I'm not calling it at all. I've learned from Bill Michaels and his experiences on Twitter and on his show um, to not deal in absolutes. I'm not about being right. I, I know with people in sports, they love to be right. They love to be the first person on a take and to be right about something. I just want to analyze the Brewers as we go. I just As we go, let's take things in stride as a fan base. We can adjust our expectations uh, or, or what we think is going to happen with this Brewers team. I'm, I'm not trying to call things before they happen. I'm just trying to, to analyze the Brewers with you all as we go. So let's look around the NL Central. The Brewers are down to, let's see, three, six, nine games remaining. They're obviously off tonight. So three series, including three at Pittsburgh, three at St. Louis, 
and then three at home against Detroit, which is just odd to wrap up the year. I don't mind interleague play. I know a lot of people just hate it. I don't I don't understand the reason to get stirred up about it. Yeah, okay, it's an uncommon opponent. We have interleague play in the NFC and we have inter in the in the NL, NFL, excuse me, and we have interconference play in the in the NBA. I don't really see why it's a big deal. I'm not upset about it. It is kind of odd to wrap up the season, especially for a team that was expected to contend when the schedule was made that you would put interleague play at the end of the year. I I don't know. Whatever. Not important. So two Pretty good teams. Pittsburgh, pretty good. St. Louis, very good. And Detroit, uh, obviously awful. They do get that team at home to wrap up the year. So you look at the Cubs. They have uh, uh, nine games remaining. Excuse me, ten games remaining. A four-game set tucked in there. Uh, And all of the games within Chicago. Three at the White Sox starting tomorrow. Four at home against Pittsburgh. And three at home against St. Louis. It may be interesting, depending on how things go down the stretch with the Brewers, the Cardinals, and the Cubs, that series could be one that Brewers fans will be watching. Do the Cardinals, do the Cubs put themselves in a position to need to win two or three of those final games against St. Louis to hold off the Brewers for the division? You don't know, but something to uh, to maybe bookmark in your mind as we come down the stretch. And then, of course, the Cardinals have a three-game set against San Francisco starting tomorrow, a three-game set in Milwaukee, or excuse me, hosting Milwaukee after that, hosting the Brewers, and then they go to Chicago for three games to wrap up their season, their regular season, against the Cubs. So, a lot of common opponents, and if you're the, if you're Brewers fans, obviously you hate to see the Pirates, because they have struggled so much, and I don't really understand why they've been struggling against the Pirates. They haven't been able to hit their pitching, and they go to PNC. That's a little bit concerning, especially given the Cardinals are going to a team in San Francisco for those three games who really don't have a whole lot to play for. It's going to be interesting. An interesting, uh, I don't know, three games, uh, three teams and their games to follow down the stretch. Let's look at the standings as they uh, as they sit right now. It's it's We're in an interesting place right now as Brewers fans or Cubs fans because we can look at the, uh, at the standings right now and they're going to be idle tonight. So nothing's going to change tonight really in the division race or the wild card race with the Brewers and the Cardinals at the top because, as you know, uh, they could very well be, you could have three playoff teams coming out of the NL Central, which I just think speaks volumes about how good all of these teams are. I mentioned that all three teams right now are good, but they're good in different ways and they're in different positions. Look, I think the Brewers right now are playing some of their best baseball of the year, or they were up until this weekend, this past weekend, when they faltered just a bit, and, and they've won games coming down the stretch, but they got back to winning series, hitting the ball, jumping on opponents early, and letting their bullpen close out games. And their bullpen has been up to the task, where in the middle of the summer... I think they faltered a little bit. I don't know if it was fatigue or what it was, but that that bullpen, knock on wood, has returned to the form that we saw earlier this season. The Cubs, in a little bit different position. They're hitting the ball well. They've been inconsistent. Their starting rotation has been kind of inconsistent, as Cole Hamels did not have a good outing last night. And their bullpen has faltered and is full of injuries. And any it's hard to win late in the season and in the postseason with a bad bullpen. It is. Not saying it can't be done, but that's what the Cardinal or the Cubs are dealing with right now. And I think the Cardinals have been playing out in front of their skis all season long ever since they, they brought on a new manager in Mike Schilt. I'm not saying the Cardinals aren't good. You don't have to be good. You just have to play good baseball and win games. We hear that all the time. Let's look at the standings right now and just, just refresh ourselves and kind of get ourselves as fans in position to take in these last 10 or so games uh, and, and check out how it's looking right now. So let's look at... Um, as I look at uh, the league, scroll down to the National League. Okay, so looking at the wild card standings right now, the Brewers are in first place. They are in sole possession 
of that first wild card spot. And for those of you who maybe are familiar, there have been some changes in the last couple of years. There are two wild card games. So what the Brewers will do if they hold on to that first place wild card spot will play a one game playoff with the second team. And because they are the first wild card team, they will host. Right. So if the Brewers are able to hold on to that spot, they could host a one game playoff with the Cardinals. Uh, the Rockies are only a game and a half back, and then it drops off significantly as the Philadelphia Phillies are five games back. So if any, if the Brewers stay in that first wild card spot, it's likely to be St. Louis or Colorado who will be visiting Miller Park for that one game wild card and the right to move on and play in a full series. Now, looking at the division, things are a little bit different, right? So you look at the standings in the division. Uh, the NL Central, a lot of good teams. A lot of good teams in the NL Central. And like I said, even though the Cincinnati Reds are awful and they could lose uh, close to 100 games, they compete in the division, man. And, and they're not as bad as some of the other bad teams in uh, in baseball, especially in the, the American League, which has become very stratified with great teams at the top and really bad teams at the bottom. The NL Central sits as follows. The Chicago Cubs in first place, two and a half games above the Milwaukee Brewers. It will take a monumental collapse on the Cubs' part and a monumental hot streak. I don't know if hot streak is the right word. The Brewers are going to have to win a lot of games. Cubs are going to have to lose a lot of games in order for the uh, the Brewers to overtake and make up those two and a half games here in the final 10 or 11 days of the season. The St. Louis Cardinals are well out of the division race, uh, barring some just absurd uh, happenings here in the final week. They sit five and a half games back. So that's where you are for the division. It's going to take a lot from the Brewers and the Cubs to uh, to swap at the top of the division. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm saying it probably won't, and the Brewers have probably now started to think about that one-game wild card. I know Craig Council has started to think about it because in a, in a playoff series, right, you're afforded one bad game. You're afforded a bad start by one of your starting pitchers. In a one-game wild card, it doesn't matter who the better team is. It doesn't. It doesn't matter who the better starting pitcher is. Who's better on that night? Who makes plays on that night? Who makes pitches on that night? That's what it comes down to, and that's what's nerve-wracking about being a wildcard team, right? That's the motivation to push and to win the division, is you're afforded some mistakes against lesser teams. And the Cubs, looking like they're going to get that privilege, Brewers are going to have to scrap for a one-game wildcard, and I can only imagine the possibility of what Craig Council is thinking about. Who does he start on the mound? How does he manage that game offensively? You got to think you you treat it like, obviously, that game means everything at that point. You're playing for your season. You could empty your bench, empty your bullpen. It doesn't matter. You got to get that win. And I can't help but imagine that Craig Council has started to think about that. So that's where the National League Central and the wild card standings sit with just over 10 games or about 10 games to play for all three contending teams in the Central. It's going to be a blast and a half to watch. I'm not <laughs> I'm not calling anything over in terms of the division or the wild card. Let's just take it in as we go. Just like the uh, the NL MVP with Baez versus Yelich. Let's wait a couple games. Everything's going to become a whole lot clearer in the next week. Uh, speaking of becoming a whole lot clearer, now Packers fans starting to try, at least to forget about that Minnesota tie last Sunday, looking forward to the upcoming opponent, which is the Washington Redskins. I don't really have a narrative. I don't really have a take on this game. I just have a lot of tidbits of information, and we can run it down when we come back on the Wisco Sports Show. Your Packers thoughts, your predictions, I'd love to hear them at 608-796-2558. That is the five-star telecom talk and text line, and that is how you get a hold of the program. Packers talk coming up next with me, your host, Grant Bills, on the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. Thanks for spending a couple minutes to talk some sports. Hope you're enjoying your Thursday. I am your host, Grant Bills. If you want to chime in, and we're getting some getting some chatter, 608-796-2558 on the five-star telecom talk and text line. Wrapping up the baseball talk, Hefty chimes in and says, Brewers go 7-2, and two, 
Cubs go four and six. Brewers win division. Not at all improbable. Cubs five and five means they tie and play a tiebreaker game. Hefty, way more specific, way more prepared. Uh, than I was. Maybe you should be hosting the show. That's uh, <laughs> that's some good stuff. And thank you for chiming in. I appreciate the feedback. As we move on from the Brewers talk and from the division race and the wild card talk, let's get ready for the weekend, including the Packers game. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, no Badgers talk. There's so much stuff to talk about, especially when the Brewers are playing well. And it's hard to get excited after the Badgers laid the egg that they did last Saturday. But remember, for those of you who are starving for Badgers talk, I get it. Not only will Bill Michaels be talking about it tomorrow uh, and David Scrady tomorrow, but you can also hear the Badger Roundtable show during this time tomorrow. So after this, I'm done for the week. You don't have to listen to me anymore. Tomorrow night, some of Madison's best will bring you some Badgers talk to get you ready for that game at Kinnick Stadium on Saturday night as they open Big Ten play. Uh, Badger, or not Badgers. Packers travel to Maryland to play at FedEx Field on Sunday. A lot, of, a lot of thoughts and just a lot of tidbits about this game as we as we approach. And we're talking about injuries, obviously, who could be active, who could be inactive. My number one thought, and some of you NFL fans who who look outside the Packers uh, and do a bit of reading or, or do a bit of following, whether it's watching uh, national coverage or just watching highlights in general, Washington had its home opener last week. And some of you may have seen this. They didn't even sell it. There were empty seats at their home opener. And I thought, man, as a team that seemed boring with a young quarterback in Kirk Cousins, and young players like uh, like Jordan Reed, they managed to find a way to get even older and more relevant and more boring in a division that the America and national coverage loves in the AFC East by signing Alex Smith and bringing back Adrian Peterson, although I don't really blame them for that. That was more out of necessity than anything else. So the Packers travel to Landover, Maryland on Sunday. And uh, those of you who have listened to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers talk about playing at FedEx Field knows that it bites in terms of field quality. It's always lumpy. It's always, you know, it's just poor. It's a poor quality field. It always has been. And most NFL fans and reporters would tell you that. Which doesn't exactly bode well for Aaron Rodgers' knee. There was something wild. Maybe some of you saw this the other day. If you follow Bleacher Report especially, they sent out a... uh, a notification, a push notification the other day that Aaron Rodgers, and I and I will read the exact headline because I have Bleacher Report on my phone. I got this this update as well, titled Rodgers Concerned About Knee. And then the, the next tidbit, so this would be a push notification coming up on your home screen. Aaron Rodgers is concerned his knee injury will get worse throughout the season. And when I read that, and I'm sure you all had the same thought, oh man, it's not getting better. The swelling is getting worse, not going down. It's getting more painful as the days goes on, and they must have found something new in a scan. It was a little bit blown up. It was a little bit taken out of context, and I have the actual question and answer with Aaron Rodgers. It sounds pretty par for the course for what we've been told so far. So the question was asked by Bleacher Report's Ryan Rodig. The question, and I quote exactly, was, is there any concern that instead of getting better as the year goes on, that your knee is going to continue to get worse as the year goes on? And answered very blandly, Aaron Rodgers says, I mean, yeah, it's obviously a concern. Hopefully it goes the other way, though. A little bit of a clickbait title, a little bit of a clickbait article and uh, and push notification from Bleacher Report. So it looks like all is quiet on the Aaron Rodgers front, not practicing this week. Let's go down the injury report because I, I did get a chance to peruse it and read a little bit more closely. So Packers fans, yesterday the Packers actually didn't practice. Coach McCarthy gave them the week off. And this is something really funny about the NFL is when they don't practice, they still do injury designations in terms of did not practice, limited, or out but it's, it's estimations, right? So basically, the team puts out an injury report that says, if we would have had practice yesterday, this is how it would have shaken out, which I think is hilarious. 
I mean, you can obviously estimate, but until players put the pads on, tie up the cleats, take a jog around the field and begin practice, you can never really know. But here's the estimation from the Green Bay Packers in terms of participation for Wednesday's practice that was not. So Oren Burks, with that shoulder injury, full participation on Wednesday, even though they didn't practice. Thursday was a full participant today as well. So Oren Burks looks like he's going to make his Packers debut on Sunday, but from what we've heard from not only Mike Pettin and uh, also Ron Zook, it looks like he's going to be more of a special teams contributor than anything else. It looks like they are willing to take it slow for a week with Oren Burks and slowly work him back into the fold and just start him on special teams. Not the worst idea in the world. And now, the the reaction... Actually, let's keep going, and I'll make that point next. Devon House, uh, with that injured bicep, was limited on Wednesday and limited on Thursday as well. Like I said, of course, Wednesday is an approximation, but we did know for sure today that he was limited. If Packers fans and Packers coaches would have it their way, Devon House will not play a snap on Sunday. And I truly mean that. Not only, you know, in late-game situations third and long, late in the half to get another player breather. No, I don't want to see Devon House after what we saw last week, and I, I do not know why. Even in lieu of one or two injuries that they found a way to put him out there in meaningful football time last week. Hopefully we don't have to see Devon House regardless of his injury situation. Now, Josh Jones, the safety, who has yet to play this year, was limited on Wednesday, or so they think, and was limited today at practice, but he did let it slip. On a, if any of you follow Packers News on Facebook, they have a weekly show called Packers Clubhouse Live. Josh Jones was the guest this week, right? And he let it slip. He's playing on Sunday. And maybe Packers fan, Packers coaches thought, Argh! you know, we we're trying to keep that, you know, we we're trying to keep that under the lid. But according to Josh Jones, he's going to play. He's going to play on uh, on Sunday. And a lot of you, and myself included, were probably wondering. Does that going to take away snaps from Kentel Bryce? You know, what does it mean for that safety group? It sounds more than anything that it's going to take away snaps from Jermaine Whitehead, as it should. He's played a lot in the first two two weeks. They like Kentrell Bryce more in coverage than Josh Jones, which is a little bit disconcerting given the fact that Kentrell Bryce uh, had a couple plays last week against Minnesota where he just didn't look good in coverage at all. Uh, moving on to Kevin King, did not participate on Wednesday, or so they thought, and did not participate today at all. It looks like a real long shot for Kevin King to see the field against the Redskins on Sunday. So the question then becomes, and this is what I was starting to get at earlier, how does Dom Cape, or not Dom Capers, oy, how does Mike Pettin and the rest of that defensive coaching staff start to game plan for their secondary? Because we saw last week Devon House playing in the second half, which is the last thing that the Packers need. And Mike McCarthy and uh, Mike Pettin both coming out and saying, yeah, we didn't, we didn't manage Kevin King's injury very well. So I think the coaching staff included saying, we didn't really want to play Devon House, we didn't really seem to have a contingency plan put in place and ready to go should one of our corners go down. I think, Packers fans, that if Kevin King is injured and does not go, which certainly seems like it's going to be the case on Sunday, we're going to see more of a dose of uh, of Tremont Williams, Jari Alexander, and Josh Jackson as the third corner. Now, the problem is they're so thin at linebacker, especially if Oren Burks is limited to special teams this week, that the plan may be to play more defensive backs as we've seen, playing six defensive backs at once the first two weeks, which isn't out of the ordinary for today's NFL. I think nickel has become uh, the more standard defense as teams like to spread it out and throw the ball, especially teams with good established quarterbacks, which is becoming more and more teams every year. But Josh Jones, with the return of him, he could come down and play as sort of a pseudo linebacker. He's better around the line of scrimmage anyway, so that's going to be a big piece uh, as they try to put together the puzzle in that secondary uh, in what looks like it's going to be Kevin King's absence. And finally, of course, Aaron Rodgers did not participate, probably won't participate all week, which has been reiterated time and time again by both McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers that that's not an issue at all. 
that he doesn't need to play. We're not practice, excuse me. We're not worried about it. Um, so there you go. There's your injury report. A couple of things on the Redskins front, including Josh Norman, their stud corner, who has uh, been on the did not practice list all week. It started off earlier this week as possibly just a Veterans Day off because Josh Norman obviously is one of those players where you would just be comfortable giving him a day off if he felt like he needed it. But today, the detail came out that it's an illness. So if it is just a little bit of a, you know, the crud in the head, whether it's a a little bit of a sinus infection or a head cold, you got to think that by the end of the week that he would be ready to play, but you don't know. So Josh Norman has been on the uh, on the injury report as well. So there's kind of your rundown on what it looks like. Obviously, I would love to do this tomorrow because we're going to have as much information as we can possibly get in terms of preparing all week and getting as many practices as we can and as much information from press conferences, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not on tomorrow. We're talking Badgers tomorrow on the Badger Roundtable Show. So there's your injury update. Packers, outside of a few players, are actually pretty darn healthy. It's hard to complain. Uh, Not a lot of players on that injury report. Unfortunately, the couple players that are are very, very important. Kevin King, when he was on the field, was a game changer last week. And that secondary only started to relinquish big plays and big yardage from Kirk Cousins, not only due to fatigue, but because they were down Kevin King in the second half. Kevin King has looked great on the field, and he's been a game changer, but he's going to have to find a way to stay on the field. And I know this week, Packers fans are starting to say, you know, is this is this what Josh Josh uh, excuse me Kevin King is this what his career is going to be like? Is going is he not going to be able to stay on the field? I'd pump the brakes. I saw some people calling him a bust earlier today on social media and on certain programs. I'd pump the brakes there, but it is definitely a concern. And general managers and defensive coordinator Mike Patton have got to be going, man. God, I hope we can keep this kid healthy because that secondary is very very good. But Kevin King is one of the more experienced corners out there, of course, outside Tremont Williams. Got to be able to stay healthy. Got to be able to stay on the field. That's been the problem for Nick Perry and a couple other players as well, and that's really stunted their uh, their ability to impact the game on the defensive side of the ball. So there's your Packers preview as it as we look forward to the game in uh, FedEx Field on Sunday. The crummy turf and just the ugly atmosphere and really a franchise that I don't think any of us are super interested in. They're just kind of a type of franchise, right? So we look forward to that on Sunday. That game, of course, will be uh, held here right on WKTY. That'll be kind of an all-day affair. A couple hours of pregame, a couple hours of postgame, and then, of course, the game itself. Reminding you, because this is the last time I'll be on air this week, that I like to do a Facebook live chat on our WKTY Facebook page each and every week right after the Packers game. Get your thoughts, get your opinions, a fun conversation. It's a lot more fun when they win. It was a little weird last week in a tie. I've never had to discuss uh, a tie before in that capacity, so hopefully the Packers get a win or if they lose, we'll talk about it and we can uh, have a conversation together on Facebook. So if you haven't liked the WKTY Facebook page, give it a like and we can join in together on a conversation after the Packers game this Sunday. When we come back, wrap up the Wisco Sports Show for the week. I want to talk about a really cool story regarding the Brewers and it's off the field. Nothing to do with on the field. It's not uh, towards a playoff push or for an MVP candidate, but it's about a broadcaster and a name and a face that you might be familiar with if you follow the Brewers very closely or you're a Twitter junkie. If not, you may not know this guy at all, but he is, uh, I'm loving it, and it's, it's a fantastic story, and I hope that he is part of the Brewers organization in some capacity as a broadcaster, as an analyst, whatever it may be for years to come. So we're going to talk about that to wrap up the show today. I can't wait. Uh, you're listening to the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Me, your host, Grant Bills. We'll wrap it up next. <laughs> Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Thanks for hanging out, talking some sports for an hour with me. I love it. I have a fun do, fun time 
doing the show. I hope you have a fun time listening. It's been a, it's been a blast getting the show underway, and I appreciate those who are listening and chiming in. 608-796-2558. That's Five Star Telecom talking text line. If you want to shoot me a Packers prediction or a thought as I head out the door for the week, uh, please do so. Love to talk uh, about the Packers' uh, upcoming game with you. Remember, tomorrow night, a lot of local action. We got some shifting going on. So the Brewers going to be on our sister station, WIZM, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Pre-game gets started. It's an early one at 5.30. So if you want to remain with the Brewers, that's where you can do so. Holman at Aquinas is going to be at the uh, at Veterans Memorial Field over at uh, UWL. I will be there calling the game with Drew Kelly of WIZM's newsroom tomorrow night. You can hear that game here on WK2I, the pregame. Gets underway at 6.50, or that's what I've been told. I hope that's correct, because if not, I'm I'm, I'm not showing up to the game on time, and Drew's going to uh, be SOL. Also, tomorrow night, you can catch Lewiston Altura at Caledonia at 6.50 on 94.7 Classic Hits. That is KCLH. That's where you can hear that game as well. So, a lot of ways you can watch and listen, including on Facebook and on our mobile app. I beat you over the head with that today, so let's move on to the final subject. I, th- I was so happy the other night. Uh, when I saw this on the Fox Sports Wisconsin broadcast. I'm not going to lie, I watch the Brewers on TV more than I listen to them on the radio. I know that kind of seems sacrilegious and disrespectful to the actual radio station that I work at, but most of my Brewers intake comes through TV, so that's normally where I see it unless I'm driving around. And uh, those of you who have been watching have noticed a new analyst, in uh, not necessarily in the booth, but at the desk for Brewers Live pregame and postgame, and that's Tim Dillard. Some of you may recognize that name. I'm sure a lot of you don't. Tim Dillard has been in the Brewers minor league system since the early 2000s. I believe the Brewers drafted him in 2002-ish, and he started his career in 2003. He has been a guy who has had a cup of coffee. I love that expression. A cup of coffee in the major leagues a couple of times, very briefly, and it's never lasted very long. But he is a guy who's been toiling away in the minors forever. And I would venture to guess, I don't know this for sure, but I would venture to guess that any Brewers major leaguers who are now succeeding... At the, at the major league level, who came up through the Brewers' farm system, would have nothing but exemplary things to say about Tim Dillard. If you follow him on social media, he's a guy who's always doing fun stuff in training camp and at the minor league level, no matter what team or organization he's been with, in terms of doing fun videos, getting teammates involved, and just messing around and having fun. Which might be hard to do, should you spend your entire baseball career toiling away in the minor leagues, and now he's finally, looks like getting to have some serious fun on the Brewers' broadcast, including telling this story the other night, about one of his minor leagues minor league experiences. Uh, this was during the game. Check this out regarding one of his better pitching outings, which I think he doesn't say it outright. But the way this story goes kind of wraps up his minor league pitching career as a whole. Check it out, Tim Dillard on Fox Sports Wisconsin. Two thousand six. Okay, and uh, oh there. <laughs> so yeah, so they uh, the first batter of the seventh inning. You know, and I'm aware I have a no hitter. I'm not that dumb. And uh, I'm in mid pitch, and all the lights in the stadium go out. Pitch black. Pitch black. No emergency lights. And the only thing I could hear is my first baseman very faintly go, Marco. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite. That's the best part of the story. And uh, don't get me wrong. I don't want you to take this the wrong way. I love Jerry Augustine. I love Craig uh, Craig Cashon. I love uh, Dario uh, Melendez. I think he's great as well. I love Jerry Augustine's, you know, talking about hitting the breaking ball. Like, I, they are Brewers Live staples. I have grown up watching them, with the exception, of course, of Dario. I grew up watching Jerry Augustine and Craig Kishon and B.A. and The Rock. I love every person on that broadcasting team. But, you know, Augie, he can, he's, he's Augie. What do you want me to say? Having a guy like Tim Dillard in the booth to tell stories and bring a different perspective, who's actually played, you know, baseball, even if it just mostly at the minor league level for the last couple of years, 
is is fantastic, and I love to have him in the booth. If you don't, follow Tim Dillard on Twitter because he is a joy and an absolute riot, including doing doing parody videos, doing song parodies. He's a guy who who might get the most out of uh, minor league baseball of, of anybody that I've ever seen. You can follow him at Tim Dillard, Dillard spelled D-I-L-L-A-R-D. I am so glad that he is a part of the broadcast. And Brewers fans, if you've been watching, I can't imagine you have different opinions. It's been a feel-good story, and I hope that they keep him on. And even if he continues to toil away down in the minor leagues, because he's been doing it for this long, he's got to love it. There's got to be something about it um, that he just loves to do, and I get that. And that's something about that is really awesome as well, that you love the sport of baseball that much. To do it for that long, even though things aren't necessarily going your way, and you've, you've gotten a shot in the majors a couple times and been sent back down for, for better players, it's pretty cool, and, and I cannot wait to continue to watch him on Brewers broadcast this year. I hope they, uh, they make that a, a, a permanent thing going forward. So there you go. That's the show today. Tim Dillard's story about, about working a no-hitter into the seventh, which has to be one of the most exciting but yet nerve-wracking things is your career, and during a pitch, having every light in the stadium go out. And on top of that... During the no-hitter, the first baseman has the, uh, has the I guess, what would the word be? The cavalierness to just start a game of Marco Polo in the dark. That's, uh, that's a fantastic story, and I hope Tim Dillard is bringing things like that to the Brewers broadcasts for a long time to come. So if we look forward to the weekend, I will talk to you guys on Monday, not on tomorrow, giving way to the Badgers pregame or the Badgers a roundtable show. Tomorrow, the Brewers take on the Pittsburgh Pirates in Pittsburgh. That's been been absolutely no guarantee. They will roll out Yuli Chassin, and the Pittsburgh Pirates look like they will roll out uh, Juan Nova. So this the Pittsburgh series, and it's tough to project out much farther than that. You never know if the rotation will be switched around. Chassin, Davies, and Miley look to, to wrap up Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The Cubs score off with the White Sox for three games. Quintana, Lester, and Hendricks go. So Quintana has been a total wild card against anyone but the Brewers. Uh, so that'll be an interesting game to watch as they travel to the other side of Chicago. And then, of course, the Cardinals take on the San Francisco Giants for three games. They will have to face Baumgartner. Uh, they will roll out Gant, Wainwright, and Michaelis. Uh, Michaelis is 16-4 and four and having, obviously, a fantastic season. So you hope that San Fran can put some hurt on the Cardinals and give the Brewers even more of a cushion in that first game wild card spot. So there's your baseball. If you look towards the Packers, they will play the uh, the Washington Redskins, as we talked about. And uh, I, I believe that game's at noon. Correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. Obviously, no one's sitting here to correct me, but I'll check that really quick. Uh, um, let me see. Packers uh, play at noon, I believe. I want to double check that. That will be carried here on WKTY. And of course, pregame starts about a half hour, not a half hour, two games before kickoff. And you always have a couple hours of... Uh, of post game as well. And you can always check out my Facebook live videos to have a conversation after the game. Yep. So the Packers play at noon. The matchup predictor has the Redskins a couple percentage points as a favorite to win. Although the Packers are favored by three on the spread. I don't really, I don't really know how that works at all. Dave Carney would be the better guy to ask about how the betting lines and the percentages work, but there are your numbers for that game. And then of course the Badgers go to Kinnick. On uh, on Saturday night, got it. That high-ranked teams, which the Badgers are still ranked, but not as high as they were, that's kind of where they go to die. You know, we saw Penn State almost, almost fall there last week, uh, last year, excuse me, and then Ohio State just taking one on the chin last year in Kinnick. I was a guy who went to high school with Nate Stanley. I watched him play all the way through high school and have followed him at Iowa ever since. A guy can ball. We haven't necessarily seen it yet this season, and I know Dave and Scrady have echoed that on the morning show. 
Nate Stanley can ball, and that Badgers defense is going to be tested in a very high-pressure environment on Saturday night at Kinnick Stadium. We got some Iowa fans in the station here, so they're bragging rights on the line, including Drew Kelly, who am I am calling the Aquinas game with tomorrow night. So pray for me as I have to deal with Drew Kelly <laughs> when we call that game tomorrow night as we approach the Badgers and the Hawkeyes. My name is Grant Bills. Thank you for tuning in. Another week of the Wisco Sports Show is in the books. No show tomorrow for the Badgers Roundtable. So I will be back on Monday. Enjoy the Brewers. Enjoy the Badgers and the Packers. Have a fantastic weekend. Same time, same place here on Monday. I'll talk to you then.